problem is our workers. And just this morning, they showed up at the plant, not numbers that we had hoped for, but we at least keep the, the uh, meatpacking plant open. And what's, what, what's happening is, is that they're not catching the virus uh, at the meatpacking plant. It's afterwards. So did you check that crap? Did you hear it? I mean, are you there with me? Do you know? I don't, I don't even know what to say. That is the most egregious thing I've ever heard said by somebody with that much power. So that's uh, that's Pat Roberts, the senator from the great state of Kansas. And by the way, I'm from the great state of Kansas. And I'm unimpressed with what Pat Roberts had to say. Listen to it again and see what you think. I, it stuns me that he said this out loud. The problem is our workers. And just this morning, they showed up at the plant, not numbers that we had hoped for, but we at least keep the, the uh, meatpacking plant open. And what's, what, what's happening is, is that they're not catching the virus uh, at the meatpacking plant. It's afterwards. If your choice is go to work or get sick and die, I'm hoping somebody somewhere makes a decision to take the latter. Hey, everybody, it's Todd Conklin. This is the Pre-Accident Podcast. And today we're going to talk about OSHA and the regulator and the role that the regulator plays, be it fortunate or unfortunate, and I can see both sides of this game. But ultimately what we've got to talk about is risk and the employer's ability to actually expose workers to risk when they, in fact, have very little power or influence over the system in which they have to do the work. Safety is an ethical responsibility that reaches down. And if you don't believe that, well, I, I think you do believe that, so I'm not worried about that. But when crisis happens, and this is a weird crisis we're in the middle of, no doubt about it, the response that people take, I find incredibly frightening. Pat Roberts showed us who he is. And my advice to anyone who listens is we should believe him. But let's take this a little step further and see if we can dig into this by listening to an interview with Dr. David Michaels, who's the OSHA, former OSHA administrator. Uh, and he has some ideas around this that I think are worth listening to. This is an interview with David Michaels on ABC. As more states roll out their plans and businesses work to safely reopen, one entity that is seemingly absent from the entire conversation is the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, better known as OSHA. That's the federal arm that is tasked with making sure that employers are keeping their employees safe. Should OSHA have a more aggressive role in setting standards for workplaces to reopen safely, or should this ultimately be left in the hands of state governments and businesses? Joining us now is the former head of OSHA during the Obama administration, Dr. David Michaels. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So what's your biggest concern right now as states are reopening? Is enough being done to make sure that workers will be protected as they head back to their jobs and for those essential workers who've stayed on the job? Uh, absolutely not. Look, COVID-19 has become a massive worker safety crisis 
and worker safety is the fulcrum, which is going to determine whether or not we can open up the economy safely or if we'll have thousands more deaths and have to close it back up again. What we need are strong federal rules. You know, OSHA, the agency I ran, and the CDC have been putting out recommendations, but they're just recommendations, they're suggestions, they're not rules. And the proof that rules are needed, the recommendations don't work, are the 10,000 workers in meat and poultry plants who become infected with the coronavirus. Those companies knew those suggestions were out there and they ignored them. What we need to see are, is a emergency standard that says every employer has to develop a plan to protect workers from this exposure. OSHA and the Department of Labor have said they won't do that. Congress is now considering legislation to require OSHA to do that. That's HR 6559. I hope that passes. If not, it'll be on the states. Some governors have said they'll do that, but it's got to be more than just state by state. We need a federal approach to this problem. And you've advocated for firm guidelines from OSHA. How would a blanket set of rules work when the scenario we see in New York State, for example, is not the same that we see in other places like Montana? Why aren't the CDC and OSHA recommendations enough? Because they're recommendations. They say this is what you should do, and they have lots of ways that employers can decide not to do that. Employers need more than just firm guidance. They need a rule. They need the government to say, you must do this. What I'd like to see is every employer sit down with their workers, figure out how are we gonna make sure everybody's protected because workers have a role in this too. They've got to take some responsibility and they have to buy into it. But when employers and workers sit down, they look at the recommendations that OSHA puts out, they can embrace those. They can say, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna make it work. This is how we can work safely and not get sick. That's the only way it's gonna work. But it's not specific, OSHA is not saying, you must do it exactly this way. It's a, it has some very, very good guidance, but that guidance has to be followed by employers. And curious also, why doesn't OSHA already have a standard for airborne infectious disease? I mean, that's something that you worked on during your, your time in the last administration. That's right. We started putting a, a standard together after uh, the H1N1 epidemic where we saw this was badly needed. We were working on that. When I left in January, 2017, it was on the table, ready to move forward. The Trump administration came in and they announced no more new regulations and let's stop work on everything that you're doing that could better protect workers. And so it's been sitting in a drawer for 40 months now. Uh, it could be out, it could be out there protecting workers, it could be out there telling employers what they need to do. But this is just one more reason the Trump administration has really abandoned any sort of commitment to working people in the United States. Well, many essential workers have been hit with infections, including, as you know, those meat packing plants where we've seen large spikes in cases. How concerned are you about the conditions at those plants as they reopen and what additional measures need to be taken to protect those frontline workers? Well, look, first of all, it is too late for many of those workers. They're exposed. I haven't seen what's been going on in every one of those plants. I know that some of the employers are very committed to doing it right, and others aren't. The problem is there is no requirement that they do it right. The Trump administration is saying, you know, pedal to the metal, produce as many, you know, steaks, cut chickens as you can, and if workers are hurt along the way, well, you know, so what? That's wrong. We need to be slowing down the line. We need to be making sure every worker is safe, not only in meat and poultry plants, but as we reopen the economy in every sort of industry, if we don't protect workers, it's really gonna be a disaster because workers 
and worker infections will drive this epidemic forward. Right. We need to stop that. I, I saw a headline today, I think, that said something about what do you value more, the pork chop or the people? But, but lastly, want to get at your concerns around the issue of liability protections for businesses. Could we see workers suing businesses if they get sick without those types of protections? It's very difficult in any state of this country for a worker to sue their employer because workers' compensation prohibits workers from suing their employer. But giving employers liability protection is like giving them a free pass. It's saying, you know, you can do whatever you want because OSHA has not going to issue, has said it's not going to issue a standard. OSHA has said it's not going to inspect. So what is there to stop an employer from just exposing workers to, to all sorts of hazards? Liability protection, I think, would be a big mistake and really make it difficult to reopen the country because workers are going to be very scared to go back in. Okay, say what you will, and you'll probably say a lot. I mean, people normally do say a lot, so that's pretty normal. I think this is an interesting problem, and I do think it's a problem. It's It's actually a big problem. And interestingly enough, there is not currently an acting OSHA administrator. So it's hard to go to the current people and ask them what the thinking is behind this just because they they don't exist. They're they're not there now. But I think we have a classic mm, conflict between the notion of a world without regulation, kind of a free market, uh, laissez-faire, the invisible hand, and a world with regulation. And there's a balance somewhere between the two. And this case on the back of the COVID-19 in meat processing plants across the United States, and if you live in the middle of the United States, this is a gigantic problem. I mean, these these places are, if you're in Amarillo or Garden City, Kansas, or Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or St. Joe, Missouri, they're, they're blowing up. And the crazy part of this is that the spread that this represents isn't just in the workplace, it's a, it's a problem we all, I think, potentially have to be engaged in. And how we look at this is vital to help us understanding what we need to do. Are we in charge of managing safeguards and controls around risks that we know exist? And are we embracing science? Are we using really empirically based information to make important decisions around risk and controls because magical thinking doesn't work and hope is a crappy strategy and they're clearly not going to get to zero. They're past that by about, well, as of this recording, 14,000 people. I hope this interests you. Because this Saturday, we're going to talk to David Michaels. And we're going to ask him these questions. The balance between regulator, the unfortunate lot the regulator plays, is they have to give enough freedom for the market to succeed and enough expectation for the market to be stable and not to actually cause harm. This is a teaser for what's coming next. Hold on to your hats because I think Saturday is going to be quite a good discussion. That's the pod. Say what you will. I'm open to your comments. And if you have questions for Dr. David Michaels, 
submit them. I'm glad to take them. That'd be awfully helpful. Until then, learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Not that fun today. Be kind to each other. Let me say that again. Be kind to each other. And for goodness sakes, be safe.